Don't care what people say All I want to do is live for today And get ready to be surprised Now it's time to let it all go Feel the love is all there is to know And get ready to be surprised I don't care about the past Old memories turn to dust Baby, get ready to be surprised Nothing's gonna stop me anymore I'm driving on a road I've never seen before Get ready to be surprised To be Hi, everybody. This is Richard Sachs here on Lost Arts Radio. And we get occasionally a request from a listener or somebody connected with one of the shows that asks for a special guest. And that happened this time. And we're really fortunate to get on Joette Calabrese, the homeopath who has a lot to say. And I've talked to her offline on the phone. Incredible person. Her training and qualifications and experience need to be looked at first, and then we'll go into her background and talk about how that might be appropriate for use of any of us. And And I want to just say by way of context that the medical system that we're under, the, the uh, allopathic system, and even to some extent the naturopathic system as it's developed now, is much more close, close approaching the uh, allopathic system in the sense of being symptomatic and not really getting at causes and reversing things more, more management, you know, permanent treatments that go on forever. And many of which in the allopathic system are highly damaging. So I'm really interested in uh, protocols and techniques that have benefit and upside and don't do any harm. Just like Hippocrates said a long time ago, said for physicians and health professional people, don't do any harm at all not just an acceptable, statistically okay degree of harm. He said, don't do any harm, do no harm. And homeopathy is in that category. So I won't burn up too much more of our time. Welcome, Joette. And uh, let's talk about the background that got you to this point before you got into homeopathy and lead up to now. Well, my story is not unlike many others who have come to homeopathy or holistic medicine and then many eventually to homeopathy. I um, was, um, I'll try to, it's hard to make this story too brief, but, but because it's an interesting story and I think a lot of people will relate to it. Um, I was, uh, had been questioning medicine for a while because I had chronic allergies and um, chemical sensitivities and food intolerances and on and off throughout my life. And my mother questioned it as well, but she really didn't know how to go about doing it. She used reflexology on us and, you know, did some dietary changes, but she couldn't really figure out what the problem was for me. So I grew up already uh, stepping outside of that paradigm a little bit outside of the conventional paradigm a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I got pregnant with my first son, and um, I went to a lecture when I was pregnant with him, and it was a man who was a homeopath, and he also happened to be a medical doctor. That's a rarity, especially in the U.S. You find them in right. Europe, South America, but not the U.S. so often. And um, his lecture was on um, ch- children's diseases. And so um, he had a blackboard, and uh, on the blackboard he wrote every single one of the childhood diseases that are most common, you know, chickenpox, measles, et cetera, et cetera. And then showed which homeopathic medicine is most often used instead of the condition, the, the, the conventional method, if the child were to get it, or the conventional method of um, injections. And, um, and then he gave the, the, the statistics, he gave the background. It was a stellar presentation. I wish at that time that we had cell phones. It was in the 80s, so we didn't. And um, I wish I had taken pictures of it all. It was one of the best presentations I'd ever seen. And my head was spinning. It's not why I went to this to this lecture. I went because I was just trying to understand, should I vaccinate a little bit later? 
rather than early? Mm -hmm. Should they be separated? I just couldn't quite put my head around that, and I needed more information. Well, I was so impressed that that night I purchased a book. Um, It was a book written by Dana Allman, Everybody's Guide to Homeopathic Medicines, and a homeopathy kit, which held about 29 homeopathic medicines. Still not understanding what homeopathy was. Subsequently, um, I went to a pediatrician. Um, First mistake, but a catalyst. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Went to a pediatrician in advance um, of the birth of my baby because I wanted to talk to him to see if he would be willing to postpone the vaccines, still not understanding the whole picture yet, postpone them or separate them, etc. And I should have known that when I met with him, there was an instant of an eye roll when I was talking to him. I, I, I saw it, but, but his words said something. Yes, right. I didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't embody it. His words said something different than what I perceived. Right. Um, right. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'll do what you, whatever you want me to do. So I thought, I thought he had been highly recommended by many friends of mine, um, not because he was holistic, but because he happened to be the pediatrician du jour in my area where I lived. So um, gave birth to my baby. And second mistake, <laughs> when, when the baby was fine and I went for the ubiquitous well baby checkup. Well, I knew my baby was well. I mean, how foolish can you be? You could see he's fine. He's nursing. He was, he was uh, six weeks old. Everything looked good. My parents lived next door to us, by the way. My mother had plenty of experience with babies. She knew that he was well baby, and that was her checkup. But I foolishly thought I needed someone else to determine that my baby was indeed well. So we, uh, we skipped into the pediatrician's office. And um, while I was holding the baby in my arms, the nurse trotted in and plunked something into his mouth. I said, whoa, whoa, what's that? Oh, she said, just his polio vaccine, <laughs> dear, right. condescendingly. Now, I was not that young. I was in my 30s, so it's not as though I was 18. But nonetheless, I mean, it was it, to me, it was, seemed very condescending. I said, what? And the chart, doesn't it tell you that I was that we were going to talk about waiting and et cetera, et cetera. And he said, oh, this is a this is a good one. This is important that you get this. I was absolutely livid. I didn't say a word. I was flummoxed by it because I was so angry. I was so upset that I, I almost couldn't speak. I was sputtering. We left. And two days later. Maybe it was three. Um, he got a fever of 105.5. Wow. He stopped nursing. Completely and how stopped old, nursing. How old, how old six, was he? Six weeks. Okay. Six weeks old. Um, he stopped nursing. He was dehydrating. And I knew that if I brought that baby back to that pediatrician, we would have been on that freight train forever. That right. would have been, we would never have gotten off. He would have gotten antibiotics, probably steroids. Tylenol Mm -hmm. of some sort. We would have been on the road to what I was working so hard to get off of myself. Right. So I had this book and I said, someplace in this book, there's information here. And I've got this kit. I've got to figure this out. He was in my arms. I didn't do, I didn't make meals. I didn't, all I did was hold my baby and read that book. I read it front to back, then front to back again, (laughs) then Mm -hmm. front to back again, holding him and he wasn't nursing. That was my biggest concern. Now, what I know in hindsight is that was the real concern, not the height of the fever. A high fever can actually be quite useful. But right. the concern was the dehydration. And because he was remember the name of the book? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody's Guide to Homeopathic Medicines by Dana. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And there was nothing in there about the vaccinosis or post-vaccine injuries or anything like that. But right. there was a little section on fevers and it said that with a high, as I recall, it's been a long time. Dana Ullman, by the way, has become a, a professional friend of mine, which is kind of nice. And I've told him about this story. Okay. Um, I'm sure he hears it all the time from many mothers. But uh, to me, it's meaningful, as it is to each of us when these things happen. Um, I found a chapter on, on uh, fever, and I read it over and over again. One of the factors it said, one of the descriptions of fever was very high fever, which this was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an odor. There's often an odor. 
the breath has an odor or something. Now, he was six weeks old. He would not normally have an odor that was something that would be noteworthy, but he did. It was a slight, strange odor. And I said, sulfur. It said sulfur is for a very high fever and an odor. So I said, I'm just going to do it. And then I said, should I do it? Should I not? do? I didn't know anything about homeopathy, but I said, I have to do something. And it's not to go back to that pediatrician who was condescending and um, didn't didn't uh, follow my request at all. So I put it in his mouth. And Richard, honestly, within 40 minutes, this was two and a half days he had this fever. Mm -hmm. Within 40 minutes, my mother was with me and one of my closest friends. He was limp in my arms. I put it in his parched mouth. And within 40 minutes, I felt him firm up in my body, in my arms. The fever adroitly melted away, and he commenced nursing. And that was that. I've never was, seen, witnessed anything like that in my life. How did you know which homeopathic remedy to try? I chose sulfur because it was for a fever that was quite high. Plus, mm-hmm. what really was the, was the distinguishing factor was that there was an odor, that he had okay. a, a breath odor. And that is one of the keynotes for the use of the medicine, sulfur. One nice thing about trying it on a six-week-old baby is it's not, if it works, it's not going to be the placebo effect. No kidding. <laughs> right? Because the baby's not thinking, I believe in this no matter what. He was so out of it, even if he were 20. <laughs> Yeah, he wouldn't have done it. No, that's right. That's right. So my mother said, oh, my gosh. My mother was praying. My friend was astonished that I would let it go that long. But I was so afraid that of what was going to happen if I brought him in. I certainly knew I couldn't bring him to that doctor. Yeah. So I didn't have any other choice. That was the only doctor that I knew, the only pediatrician. 40 minutes. He came completely around. Now, today he's 35. Uh And he's not had another, I know this sounds ridiculous, and I don't think it was necessarily that was the reason. He's not had another fever since. (laughs) Now, he does get sick from time to time, but it's very mild, short-lived. And all during his childhood, he didn't get fevers. He would get a little cold, he'd get a little ear infection, and it would come. And, of course, I'd use homeopathy by that time. I knew exactly what to use for just about everything. And we just used that and... And went our merry way, never went back. And subsequently, I had two more children, and um, they instead were born at home, and that was the end of pediatricians. Wow. So where did you go from there? From there, I said, holy cow, what the hell is this stuff? i got to figure this (laughs) out. I I can't just let it be. I I dug. Now, there was no internet, remember. So I went back to that place where I had gone for that lecture and bought every book I could find on homeopathy, which were not very many. But I bought them all and I devoured them. And then I contacted friends who were of somewhat like mind. And we started a study group. We started in my living room and then we went to other friends' houses. But we started the study group in my living room. We met every Thursday night night for four years. We never missed a Thursday night. If my husband said to me, we have to do this on Thursday, and you might have to miss your meeting. Uh, no, 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 no. This was, it was the essence of my life. Homeopathy and studying it and seeing how it dealt with that first, in that first moment, my first experience, and then subsequent moments for my mother's arthritis and my father's palpitations and my husband's old ski injury and my son's forthcoming ear infections and my subsequent children and then the births. I've counted on it completely. Plus, I made all my food from scratch. I just didn't buy anything that was that had ingredients listed on it. How is that connected to the homeopathy? It isn't necessarily. Some say that it is that Hahnemann, Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, who began the who who discovered homeopathy and then built it to what it mm-hmm. is today, um, believed very strongly that food was important. And of course he did. I mean, of course he did. But there were no strict tenets because, of course, he was devising this method back in the 1700s and they didn't have to worry about MSG. Or uh, pesticides, etc. And everybody had 
uh, uh, raw milk. Everybody ate mm-hmm. whole right. real foods in those right. days. So it wasn't, although he was prescribing in a way, high quality foods or eating good foods, there was no breakfast of champions. Yeah. It, it just didn't exist. People ate what they had available. And usually it was if there were farmers, they were eating eggs and milk and that kind of thing for right. breakfast. Right. So it was a little different, but, but I had been interested in nutrition and, and really in gourmet foods for most of my life. So mm-hmm. I'm always, I'm an Italian. And so as an Italian, we think food, everything is food. And so, and it's all about family and food and the mother in the kitchen working to, 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 uh, um, um, build a cathedral of a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Especially every Sunday afternoon for for extended family. So I'm wondering what the best use of this really short time that we have with you might be for the listeners. Yes. And one category, you know, your experience with the baby was really important. That I mean, that's like life changing. That's what it was. So part of what we could do is look at other examples of experiences like that in a little bit more detail instead of just saying, well, so-and-so's arthritis or heart yes. palpitations or, you Happy know, to do it. just like with the baby. But the other thing is bringing it up to now, you're also teaching people, right? Because you I don't do. want, you, the idea is not for the people to become every week customers of a homeopath. The idea is for them to learn to use it. Right. Absolutely. And I believe it it should be in the hands of, excuse me, men, but I think it should be in the hands of the mothers and the grandmothers and those who don't actually have their own children. They are they are mothers and grandmothers. They take care of their pets. They take care of their neighbor, their elderly mother. It is. I know there are men who are interested in this, but we women are at the hearth. We are the ones who make the people. Hence, we are the ones who need to take care of the people. Right. So I, I will give you very specific situations, but let me also tell you this, that I have a blog that I've been authoring for. I can never keep the number in my head. I want to say 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we publish it every Sunday night. And on that blog is free information. Here's the condition. Here's the name of the homeopathic medicine that ought to be used for that condition. Here's the potency, because that matters. You need to have the the number after the name of the remedy, the frequency, how often it should be used, and approximately how long it should be used for. And and then there's a link to wherever we can find that medicine readily available to most. And And I have to say, I don't have an affiliate program with anyone I link to. This is not for profit. This is specifically to teach people how to become honey badger moms, as I say. Right. And you said that's all that information is on the blog. That's right. And just they they just look up my name, joettecalabrese.com, and you'll find my blog and all my other teachings that are more extensive. But the blog is for free. And and I also uh, uh, present every Monday night on Facebook and Twitter, etc. I've been doing that for about five years. And I teach folks how to use this medicine so that we can step outside of that old paradigm. We want to, that, that paradigm is not of use to us any longer. The, they've been the, caught the with paradigm their paradigm that, that you don't know how to take care of yourself. That's right. You have to be a customer of a doctor every Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Anytime anything goes wrong, you don't try to figure it out, but just go to the expert. Or worse yet. Come in even when you're well, well, baby checkup, right. the monthly, the, 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 uh, the uh, quarterly checkups that for adults, if you hit this age, you need a colonoscopy. If you hit this age, you need mammogram. If you hit this age, et cetera, et cetera. It is sales and marketing at its finest. <laughs> and it's teaching blind faith of authority. Yes, it is. Yes, it right. is. Instead of self-reliance. Yes. So I have a, a, um, I've, I've put a lot of programs together. One of them is called a survivalist guide to homeopathy, mm-hmm. and it lists all of the most extreme situations. What if you get electrocuted? What if somebody apparently mm-hmm. is drowned, but they're still alive? What do you do? I'm looking at it. What do you do if there's malaria? What happens if measles comes around? What about meningitis? What about the plague, polio, meningitis? All of these. What about scarlet fever, typhoid, whooping cough? What do we do? 
homeopathy has specific medicines for each of these conditions. I spent years putting that together. And the what, what form is it in? Is it a book now? Or? Yes, it's a it's a I'll show it to you. It's a book. Yeah. Here. It's uh-huh. got CDs in it. It's got tabs. It's got CDs. Uh, that's how long ago I did this. <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah, it's it's heavy. And um, it also, once you have used it and gr- essentially graduated from using it, then there's a homeopathy kit that, that is connected to it. And you can purchase the more unusual homeopathic medicines that I discuss in this, in this book. What is, that, what is that book, that binder called? Survivalist Guide to Homeopathy, Joette and Calabrese. And you go, to my, you go to my website, joettecalabrese.com, uh-huh. and go to the Learning Center. And that's where all my courses and this kind of a book are, are noted. You, and study groups join in that, in that area as well. So let's you be did. specific, Richard. I like that you asked me to be really specific. Yeah, I want to think like a, a listener, you know, a viewer. Yes, of, the of course. And what, what their thought is, how can I benefit? Yes, you know, absolutely. Interesting. We don't want to do something that's just interesting. And then they say, okay, no, 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 no. Practical. You know, next, what's next? Yes. No, this is supposed to impact your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you use the value of getting somebody like you on besides just the incredible personal interaction and wisdom is the experience of saying, you know, what do you do? In this situation, in that situation, if your body is doing such and such, because we're here during a brief period, you know, they call a hundred years a long lifespan. That's total nonsense. It's a flash. And during that time, you have all these experiences that are really trying. And what we're trained to do now is go get poisonous chemicals to cover up how you feel. And then they make you worse. It's a business model, like you said. And there's a totally different way to do it. So the question from the listener is going to be, okay, what, what do I do? Okay. Yeah. Now let's right. talk about that. Let's talk. Including your specific experiences, if you want to share. Absolutely. Something. I'll give you one that was really quite powerful. Um, yeah. my, my father, my parents um, are now passed away, but my father um, had cardiac arrests a number of times in his 60s before I knew anything about homeopathy. His okay. brothers, all his older brothers, uh, most of them died of cardiac arrest. And when I say most, there were a number of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had arrhythmia, but most, more often than not, he was plagued with angina, pain, pain in the heart. And so they gave him amyl nitrate. And what you're supposed to do is to take that amyl nitrate and it opens up the blood vessels and it, and it, and it is supposed to stop the pain because the muscle is not uh, tightening as much. And it is, I'm not going to describe this as well as I'm sure a good cardiologist, but the idea is to just drop the pain. Well, he would take it occasionally just as needed as an SOS of sorts. And um, and as he took it through the years, it got worse and worse and worse and became more frequent and more frequent and more frequent. So he was taking the drug more frequently until finally the last few years of his life, he was plagued with it so much that he was taking that amyl nitrate sometimes as often as every five hours daily. And that, that's true with many types of drugs. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It just it, it worsens. Absolutely. Yeah. It deepens yeah. the condition. It makes it cover up just enough so you want to take it again. Absolutely, because then you feel that what what else can I do is the question. Well, there is something else we can do. Now, my father was not a fan of homeopathy for a very long time. And in spite of the fact that he saw the many miracles, he still couldn't get past the fact that it was not within the conventional medical paradigm. Right. He had a lot of friends who were doctors. He had a lot of a lot of our cousins were doctors, and he just couldn't get past that until. His angina became such an issue that he had no choice. Um, they kept saying, you can't use this medication so frequently or it's going to be your demise. Right. So I said, Dad, now's our time. Mm-hmm. Let's use Simicifuga. S or sorry, C-I-M-I-C-U-F-U-G-A. I hope I've spelled that correctly because I'm doing it off the top of my head without re- looking at it. Simicifuga. These are Latin words. I, I told him to take Simicifuga 30 anytime he had any anginal pain. And so he had been experiencing... Um, let me just ask a question in the middle of that without, sure. without losing the train of thought. 
where do these words come from that they use for names of remedies? They are the real Latin names. They're not made up. Okay, so are they the Latin translation of what the material actually is? Exactly what it is. It's not even a translation. It is what it is. So when we use, for example, go ahead. It's a plant. Okay, okay. Okay. So so simus, a fugue, I just wrote it out, C-I-M-I-C-I-F-U-G-A. Now, you have to have the number 30 after it. That tells us that it is indeed homeopathic because it, that tells us that the dilution number. And I don't want to get too much into that because it can take a big chunk of our time today. Okay. So I told him to take, to take Simisifuga 30 every time he had anginal pain. And he had been having a great deal of it leading up to this. And, right. he, start, and he said, okay, I'm ready. I'm re- whatever you have to say, I'll listen. <laughs> and, right. I, and he took it and it took the pain away. Like that, just the way amyl nitrate works. However, the difference was instead of it coming back in three hours, it didn't. And instead of it coming back in 12 hours, it didn't. And it coming back in 24 hours, it still didn't. Then about two or three days later, it came back again. Only this time, instead of the pain being a whopping seven that freaked him out every time, it came Uh back as a five (laughs) or maybe a four. So he said, so what do I do now? I said, you take it again. And when the pain comes, you use it again. Now, this this time he went many days. Go ahead. Common sense that this is how you would do a test. But it's like unheard of. Instead of that, you get impossible to understand deceptive laboratory results saying this is the treatment. They, They got rid of the word cure. This is the permanent management with this chemical. That's right. And you're saying... No, th- you just do this and it works. That's right. It's really simple. That's right. That's right. So from that time forward, instead of the amyl nitrate in his top pocket, he now uh-huh. carried simisifuga in his top pocket. And from that time forward, he was so excited about what this did for him. Now, he was right. in his late 80s. He's, yeah. he, he, wa- he went on my blog. <laughs> he started to study <laughs> everything that I'd been doing all these years that I've been trying to convince him to come to my side of the fence. He started to read it, and not only did he do that, he started to treat my mother. He started to treat his neighbors. <laughs> my wow. father was a professional musician. He played flute. He started to treat his musician friends, and he was an advocate for homeopathy the last few years of his life. Now, wow. he died at 91, um, and I believe, I mean, who can ever prove these things but he had been treated for so long with allopathy he had had um um, prostate cancer and they had used radiation seeds in the 1970s i don't know how he withstood as much as he did it's like chemical warfare you said it you said it so So that's a beautiful simisifuga for for heart pain for angina now let's go to something that's a more that's maybe more common, shall One we? One more question about him for a second. Sure. Um, he started at what was his age when he tried that first remedy? I would worked? say he was probably about eighty-seven. Okay, so about the last four years of his life. Of his life was were were virtually pain-free. Did it get at least from point? that? At least from the heart condition. Now he had other conditions. Yeah. That were as so, as by as I said in my estimation was a result of the uh, the gross negligence of the allopathic treatment. Yeah, yeah, that was my question. What what condition did he end up with that was the end of his life that couldn't be resolved? Oh, I, it was a heart condition that he passed away from. It indeed did was. He, yes. Did he try to fix that too? Well, he he was my as my as a vet. You know what they do with vets? They call them in. Hi, your appointment's coming up. You have to be in by such and such a date. And if he right. doesn't show up, then they call back over and over because they have a limitless uh, budget for for of phone course. calls, if nothing else. Right. One time they called. I answered the phone. I was at his house and I answered the phone and said, oh, he passed away and he hadn't. <laughs> and when he walked into the room, he said, who passed away? I said, oh, dad, look. Aren't you tired of these phone calls? Because every time they got him in, they would they would then scare him. He would walk in. My father was very lighthearted and charismatic. He would walk in whistling and he would come out crawling. One of these days, I'm going to do a cartoon drawing of that. Wow. 
because they would scare him and tell him, you've only got this much time left, your arteries, the, the cancer. I mean, they went on and on about all of the, of the, the causes of potential causes of his demise. And it would take, in the beginning, it would take me weeks to get him out of that uh, frame of mind. Yeah, that has a physical effect. Absolutely. Absolutely. My father played flute every day, usually about three hours a day, practicing, Mm -hmm. rehearsing. And when he would come back from the veterans hospital, he couldn't play for a few days. So let me tell you the medicine I gave to him for that. Okay. This is this is one. This is definitely a writer downer. For when, especially a man, but it can be useful for a woman as, 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 as well, but generally it's for men who are demoralized. It doesn't have to be from a, from a diagnosis. The mm-hmm. demoralization, the fatigue, the loss of desire for life, ennui, the sense of the loss of joie de vie, mm-hmm. um, feeling like I'm just doomed. It, it can be frank depression or it can simply be loss of interest in life. And so when I say he wouldn't play flute for three days, that's ennui. That's that flatness. Right. That's the, that loss of interest in life. And the medicine is, and it's such a great medicine. I'm going to spell it for you first, and then I'll tell you what it's made of. Most people will automatically know by the name. It's Aurum Metallicum. A-U-R-U-M. And then Metallicum, M-E-T-A-L-L-I-C-U-M. 200C, that number matters, not 30C, not other, 200C. And it's generally used once every other day. It is for low testosterone. It's low libido. It's loss of masculinity, loss of interest in life. It's one of my all-time favorite medicines for men and for women. It can also be for women. People who take their work, their jobs seriously. My father was a the quintessential musician, mm-hmm. studied and studied and studied and practiced and rehearsed. That is, that's the kind of person most generally is, is, uh, it is most useful for. But it can be someone who's... Nothing like that as well. I'm just giving you kind of the, the, the general characterization of it. Aura and it talks Metallica about this on your, on your blog. Yes. Too, oh, right? you'll find it there. Yes, you'll find it on my blog. Yes, 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 yes. Now let's say it's a woman, okay? And instead of mm-hmm. her being deeply depressed, she's worried. She sees the state of the world. She's got these children or grandchildren, and she's freaking. She says, should we buy a farm? Should we be... Um, um, running the farm ourselves. How do we do this? What should I do? How do I make sure I've got enough food in the house? How do I prepare for any eventuality? Worry, worry, worry. Inability to fall asleep properly. Worried about the children. Worried about life in general. It's a little different than what I just described with the Ormetallicum picture. In this situation, the medicine is Ignatia. It's named after St. Ignatius being, by the way, because that's when that plant is harvested. But it's Ignatia, I-G-N-A-T-I-A, Ignatia. Second word is Amara. No, 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 no need, though. Ignatia is good enough. 200C, twice daily, will bring her from ah to oh, okay. Let's get the kids going. Let me make dinner. Let's go. All right, kids, you do your chore. You do your chore. Now let's get to our schoolwork. It's now she can be, come back to herself without freaking about the future, without inability to fall asleep at night, without worry, 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 angst, angst, wow. angst. One nice thing about these remedies is like all real medicine, they have no damage, no damaging effects. No side effects. No, so because it's God's medicine. medicine. These are not yeah. patented. They're not synthetic. They're made from the original source, which is a plant in Aura Metallicum's case. It's made from gold. It's actually made from gold, and it's triturated and made in a homeopathic pharmacy, regulated by the, I hate to say this, but it is regulated by the FDA, very highly regulated by the FDA. And the reason I say I hate to say it is because the FDA is a much different organization than it was when it's in, its concept, in, in its inception in the late yeah. 40s. 
In fact, the FDA was begun by a man who was a medical doctor, homeopath, in order to protect homeopathy. (laughs) That was just truth in labeling, basically, at that time, right? Yes. Yep. Not not police action. Not police action. Not politically derived. Not not paid in full by by industry. Right. Right. It was a different place. But it is, if people are worried, is this underground? No, it is not underground. And I've written a short book. I don't sell it. One of these days, i got to get this book out there. But I've written a short book with pictures of all of the homeopathic hospitals in the United States up until about the late 1940s, which is when the AMA became bigger than life. I mean, it started even earlier than then, than that. But there was, there was a schism in medicine. But we had, we, homeopaths. Mm-hmm. They were medical doctors in our country who were homeopaths. That's all you could, you could only be a medical doctor as a homeopath. We had more homeopathic hospitals than did the conventional doctors have conventional doctors. I mean, conventional hospitals. There were more homeopathy hospitals. Wow. So it was a very accepted method of medicine. Now, it's still quite accepted in many countries, Switzerland, Germany. France, England, they're fighting like crazy. They, they, you know, the AMA types are, are doing what they can to break it down there, just as they do here. South right. America, Colombia. Um, India, India. India. How did I miss India? I've spent years there studying in India. So, uh, yes. And, it's, and, and these countries, because we are so um, hemmed in, so controlled, Mm-hmm. By I don't have to go any further than that. By industry, big government, etc. That it's um, um, that that's why it's been harder here. That's why it ended pretty much in the late 1940s. But I want to warn your viewers. <laughs> I hope you've got some time in your life because I'm going to say, yeah. buckle up, my friends. You're going to love this. You're not going to be able to put it down. I have students in my academy that say that their husbands say, are you ever going to cook again? <laughs> because they can't get enough of this. They can't. You're talking about learning homeopathy in yes, general. Yes, sir. Yes. Are you running classes, actual classes? All the time. How do those work? Well, there are different levels. So there's the blog that's free, Facebook Live and all of that, that's free. Then the next one from there is a study group. If people want to join a study group, then they use my my book and then they have a leader and the leader takes them through six to eight weeks. It's actually six weeks now, six weeks through this study course. And at the end of that, then they meet with me online on on, um, Zoom and I meet with, say, 50, 100, sometimes 150 students Mm -hmm. who have been through all of this and they ask me questions from there. In my learning center, Joette's Learning Center, folks can take a course called Good Gut, Bad Gut to help people get past the food intolerances and the gut issues from, from the top of the gut to the, to the very end, all the way, including salivary gland issues, canker sores, all the way to stomach, irritable bowel syndrome, leaky gut. Uh, <clears throat> we could keep going with all of the names of the conditions that that people are so often plagued with today, and in my estimation, it's as a very direct result of antibiotics, birth control pills, steroids, and now, of course, a myriad of other things, but those are the three basic ones that have ruined the gut. If not the psyche, if not the joints, if not causing inflammation, etc. Right. It's interesting how... Uh, mainstream medicine just throws away the concept of cause. It feels like there's no cause or the cause doesn't matter if you've got the right drug. You know, just don't worry about it. It's the way they're trained. When you're they're- saying it's the whole digestive tract, are you including uh, connected organs like liver and gallbladder? And Absolutely. Like Fatty liver disease, gallbladder disease, gallstones, you name it, all of those. And so what I teach is not where it comes from. We know basically where it comes from, generally speaking. If we put together a timeline, and I urge people to do that. Yeah. Don't do indeed. Tell me if you had pneumonia 20 years ago, but it wasn't necessarily the pneumonia that's causing the trouble. What was the treatment for the pneumonia? 
that's what's important. I mean, certainly it was important that somebody right. is susceptible to something like that, but it's the treatment that often doesn't allow the person to move on. Well, right now it's much more advanced, though. I mean, to be fair, if they put you on a ventilator, you get to move on to another form right away. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Not physical. Yep. Well, what it is, is one of my students once said, her name was Melissa, she said, um, homeopathy is the slow infusion of bravery. Because as you learn how to treat irritable bowel syndrome, as you learn how to treat the fact that you can't have gluten, as you learn how to treat this chronic fatigue or this anxiety or whatever it is, you name it, homeopathy has been around and has used it for those conditions. And I'm never going to tell anyone that it's 100% for everyone. It is not. But I've seen gobsmacking results in many cases. What do you think is the reason that it doesn't work for everybody? Well, I think one of the reasons it doesn't work for everybody is that, they, that, that it's often in the hands of the practitioner. If someone has the sensation that they've got some uncomfortable sensation in their throat and they're thinking, well, it's got to be thyroid. Right? Well, it doesn't have to be thyroid. Might be some, might be oh. polyps. No, there's some other things. That, but they use the protocol that I teach for thyroid conditions, for hypothyroidism. That's not going to work. Okay, so is it ever true that with the correct remedy, it doesn't work? Um, I, think it's, I think it is true. I think it is true. Um, but it doesn't mean, here's the thing. We usually are not looking at one condition. We're usually looking at a, a condition that has satellite conditions around it. So even though we might be looking at food intolerances, as I said earlier, they might also have rheumatoid arthritis and they might also have anxiety attacks, etc. So we may not be able to get rid of the rheumatoid arthritis like that, but we can certainly get it. So now they can occasionally, by accident, perhaps have some gluten and then later on have a little more gluten without the bloating, the indigestion the gut reaction, and without the joints becoming more and more inflamed. So it doesn't mean we're going to absolutely 100% cure cure rheumatoid arthritis, although I have seen it happen. I'm going to tell you, I have seen it happen. With RA, indeed, with RA, I've seen it happen. And it often has to do with with what someone's eating. But when we, um, uh, sometimes we'll find someone who's, you know, 85 years old, how much time do we have? It's, this is not something that, like my, like my son or my father, where it happened, where the medicine acted instantly. More often than not, it can take time. So we see a little etching away and etching away and, and, and breaking down what has been um, promulgated onto that person for all those years. So rheumatoid arthritis, they might see a little improvement over two months where the joints are not quite as inflamed. And then they question, is it the homeopathic medicine or is it just maybe it's that time of year that I'm a little more comfortable? It's more warm and it's and it's not it's not I'm not around the cold, damp weather. But then they mm-hmm. get to fall and the cold, damp weather comes in and now they're still improved a little bit. And then they improve a little bit more as we as they continue taking the homeopathic medicine, they improve a little bit more and a little right. more and a little mm-hmm. more. See, this realistic overview is really valuable because there's so many people with certain protocols that say absolutely it cures everybody it's 100% no i know i will not say that Mm-mm. i will not say that but but some of the time a lot of the time it, it has amazing positive yes. effect yes it has yeah so here's the thing do what else do we have i think chiropractic is excellent i think mm-hmm. acupuncture excellent i believe in botanicals very important stuff good nutrition well sourced foods a good attitude, mm-hmm. uh, a good relationship, walking barefoot on the beach, getting sun without a damned sunscreen. One right. of the biggest travesties ever devised where they convinced yeah. everybody they're all going to, like, it's the sun that's killing us, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody's eating, eating uh, uh, seed oils and they're eating, um, uh, you know, foods that have lots of ingredients written on them. No, it's not the sun not the sun yeah it's just yeah. Is, I, I mean can the sun do damage of course we have to be prudent right but yeah. it's not the sun we need the sun so those are the kinds of things if we employ those things then we move along faster but 
I spent eight years back and forth going to India, working with the Prasanta Banerjee at the Prasanta Banerjee Homeopathic Research Foundation in Calcutta. And I will tell you, well, the kinds of diseases and conditions that we saw there were uh, astounding. And each doctor, and I worked next to um, Pratip Banerjee, Dr. Pratip Banerjee, and then I also worked next to his father, Dr. Prasanta Banerjee. Each of the doctors working in that clinic saw 100 patients per day using... They were all medical doctors. They used only homeopathy, only. So they didn't do long patient evaluations if they were seeing 100 a day. No, what they saw were people who came in with the evaluation. So they, had, right. they already had the MRIs. They already had the x-rays. They already had the blood labs. Now what right. we did is used that information and then determined which homeopathic medicine is best chosen. And the reason that they can do it, they could do it that quickly is because uh-huh. they've been doing it 1,200 patients per day coming in and out of that clinic. That means, what, 7,200 patients per week over 150 years because this was a family right. endeavor. So they recognize things right away. Immediately, yes. Immediately. But we saw leprosy, tuberculosis. So what happened with leprosy? It turns around. It turns and that's around. A, that's another officially incurable disease, right? Well, tell me what disease. I mean, when you think about modern medicine, are there diseases that they cure? Well, by by removing think- the tonsils, are they curing tonsillitis? <laughs> Yeah, the, there's a perfect preventive for brain cancer too, right? You yes. remove the brain. Yeah. What, what about which has obviously been done in most people at this point? So, <laughs> what, what about what about homeopathy for vaccine damage? Thuya. It's usually Thuya. T H U J A thirty. Thuya. The J is silent. I, I'll pronounce it phonetically. Thuja. T-H-U-J-A, the second word is oxidantalus, but thuya is fine enough, 30, and we often use it twice a day. Um, is, that the, is that the same for the new generation of uh, mRNA types? Well, that's, that is, that's a good question. I would start with that. If it had happened to a member of my family, I would certainly have started with that. But there are, uh, now we also look at how is it presenting? How is it presented? What is, what's, what is the person suffering? It depends. Are they getting blood clots? Now we use homeopathic medicine specific for blood clots as well as thuya. Are what they- if the blood clots are not made of blood? Yeah. Well, very good point. And that's where I would hope that thuya might come in because it understands, hopefully, that this mm-hmm. is a is an man-made injury. Right. Yeah. What if they're plasticine? You're absolutely right. What about self-assembling nanobots? Yeah, I don't know that I have the answer to that, Richard. That's I think question, it will come out. I think it will. I think that information will become available. Okay, so we just stay in touch. Yes, yes. What are, I'm trying to think of other are, um, other conditions. Should we go to other conditions? Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm watch, watching our time. How are we doing? Uh, we're doing okay. We've got probably 15 minutes. Okay. Richard, so I could you, talk for you, hours, you know. I know. We, If you're ever willing to come back, we could do more. Um, <laughs> but what, what do you think would be the most valuable? Now someone is um, has chronic fatigue as a result of it, whatever it might be, whether it's from a, a conventional drug, whether it's from the injection, whether it's from the um, loss of human desire because of the fear of what's, what could be happening, um, mm-hmm. et cetera. Now we have medicines that are specific for chronic fatigue. Now let's say it's for someone who is um, who has chronic fatigue as a result of a psychic, psychological um, experience, such as, oh my gosh, do you know what you just got injected into yourself? Do you realize how potentially dangerous this could be? And then they, they start worrying. And it takes a mental toll on their um, psyche. Then the medicine that I would consider, I would, I would consider Orm Metallicum if it, if it was really presenting in frank depression, but I would also consider phosphoric acid. Or another way of saying it, I'm giving you the abbreviation, is phosphoricum acidum phosphoric, P-H-O-S. Remember, these words are Latin. 
We don't we don't come up with marketing terms like Lunesta. Right, right, right. <laughs> or all of these these drug names that have X's and Z's in them because they're more memorable words. Yeah, they don't mean anything. No, they don't mean anything. But those X's and Z, when you see an X and a Z, it means it's a fairly newish drug because they mm-hmm. have learned in marketing that people remember or like to pronounce those those sounds. Right. Zoloft. Yeah, totally different science. <laughs> it's the science of marketing. I, I meant to ask you, too, in your courses, how, how do those work? How much do they cost? And how long do they last? Okay, well, the, there are courses that are, when, when we talk about the study, the study group, that's called the gateway to homeopathy. You have mm-hmm. a leader, or you can become a leader as well. Some people are just born leaders, and they want to have a number of people study, the, study this with them. And we give the leader an opportunity to, to um, we give them a, 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 a list of exactly how to run a, a group and how to gather people. But if, they're, if it's somebody who follows into, into a group that's already constructed, that leader will take them through. And that cost is, I want to say, I can never keep up with this, $80. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they do it all online, pretty much. Or you can do it in your home. It, it, they're, they're, it's all described in this, in this, in this uh, on my Joette's Learning Center. Then what happens is once they graduate from that little group, now they they're, are um, able to purchase the other courses, what I call the protocol courses, such as Good Gut, Bad Gut, a course on women's health, feminopathy, um, mm-hmm. a course on psychological conditions called mindful homeopathy. They're able to purchase those at a substantial discount. It's about 35% off, as I recall, and those courses range anywhere between $400 and $450. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then they get a discount. They get the thirty-five percent discount on that. Right. Then I have an academy where I teach people how to do this from from soup to nuts. The history, pathophysiology, the the uh, um, aphorisms, that the organon, which is the book that Dr. Samuel Hahnemann put together for uh, the doctors when he mm-hmm. first started to teach this, and that's a year long academy. And that's quite intense, quite intense. It's lots of homework and we meet every week and there's study groups in within that. But that's that's more for people who want to get quite advanced. Right. How much does that cost? Um, I don't know the exact figure, to be honest. I really okay. that's not my that's not my but it's it's about I want to say about twelve thousand dollars for the year. OK, about a thousand a month. Yes. Right. So. People become homeopaths, basically, when they start sharing this. And are they usually called consultants? Is that how it works? Yes, that's how it works. And there's no licensing, right? There is. It depends on what state you're in, what province you live in in Canada, what country you live in. It's all different. Yeah. Because we don't don't confer that. That's right. It's because most people, though some do want to become practitioners, many people really want to just know how to treat their families. Exactly. No, I'm wondering about the licensing because licensing in most professions is to have the state control the profession. Absolutely. It's not to give you rights. No, it is not. Mm-hmm. We're on the same page about that, Richard. No yeah. doubt. Neat. No and doubt. Do you still do consultations yourself or not? I don't take new consultations any longer. I work with people that I already have in my practice, and I, I'm not taking new people. But I do encourage people to work with those who have graduated from my, not one year, we have a two-year program too, but one year. And then if they choose to go to a mastery program, we do the same thing another full year. So if anyone who's graduated from um, my my academy after that one year, and especially after two years, um, will um, I think is, is, is primed to be able to take cases. Are those people listed anywhere? Yes, we have them listed. That's a very good question, Richard. I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I know it's on my website, but I can't tell you where. Okay, yeah, because people will want to look. Yes, they will, I'm sure. Okay, so in, in respect for your time, so you're not late for your next appointment, what's a starting point for the average person who says, wow, this sounds incredible, possible, really major help with no side effects? How do I start learning? What do I the do? The best first? way to start is to start with my blog because okay. it's free. 
And so what we do, what I suggest people to do, let's say somebody has shin splints. Joette Calabrese shin splints. And it will come up with not only what I've written on my blog, but what I've written for other publications as well. I used to uh, author an an article, a column, I should say, in The Wise Traditions, which was the um, Weston A. Price Foundation's newsletter for 11 years. So there's a lot of my work is in there and never got to my blog. So if you just put my name, Joette Calabrese Shin Splints or Joette Calabrese Arthritis, Joette Calabrese Ear Infection, whatever Mm. might be showing up, for those conditions that are fairly easy for me to explain in, in, a, in a short um, article, uh, that's where they lie. Now, when it's more complicated, such as food intolerances, et cetera, that's when I urge people to go deeper into so the So you just type that into a search engine, basically? Yes, sir. Okay. You know what we might do for a, some kind of a follow-up is collect questions from listeners conditions yeah. they really wonder how how homeopathy does and what your experience is and then just do a show based on individual experiences i think that could be really valuable my pleasure okay that'd be neat well it's an incredible start and we have a lot more to talk about so we have hold, Richard. On. hold on and we'll say goodbye in the break here and come back soon okay it's my pleasure Bye. thank you for richard Bye. for inviting me so that was Joette Calabrese, you guys, who's a homeopathic consultant. I think that's a technical way to put it, but also a homeopathic teacher and really impressive in my opinion. I talked to her for um, over an hour on the phone offline when it was going to be five minutes because it was so interesting. And um, what I'm really drawn to investigating right now i mean i always was but since i still haven't shaken off whatever was you know done to me in late 2020 and you guys are very kind to put up with my voice being compromised as usual i'm trying to get that fixed um i'm really looking at uh what are health related protocols and remedies and uh things like that that have no downside as we said in the beginning And that's what real medicine is supposed to be. You know, again, as we said in the introduction, do no harm to health-related professionals. And if you look at the the way the health industry works now, especially in advanced, so-called advanced Western cultures like America and Britain and places like that, as uh, we've seen in many papers that Carol and Dean and other people have written about, um, the medical industry is one of the biggest killers on the planet and not just killers. I mean, when they kill those people escape and in my experience, they go to a better place, most of them, but um, the injuries and the disabling effects of the so-called medicine is, I mean, unconscionable. And I know that most of the, uh, most of the professionals using that stuff don't know any better. They, they've been taught, in the educational system that I'm really familiar with, that this is the safe and effective cutting-edge science, and the science is settled. This is the best way to go. And although medicine does some wonderful work in trauma care and the few, the small percentage of necessary surgeries and saving people from severe uh, experiences like car wrecks and stuff like that, and those people are doing great work. As far as health and disease go, I mean, to say that modern medicine is out to lunch is a complete uh, whitewash understatement. They're, they're doing almost all harm. And I know that from uh, almost 60 years of experience of things that are outside the medical community that have no harm in them that actually work. And... Um, we need to get more of those known, one of which is homeopathy. And I haven't had personal experience with homeopathy yet, but I'm about to, and I'm going to tell you what happens with that, whether I can get my normal voice back and everything else that goes with it. Uh, I'll share that with you and let you know. But homeopathy is one of those things that, like Joette was explaining, uh, has many experiences of incredibly beneficial and wonderful results with no harm and that's what medicine is supposed to do so i really appreciate joette's coming on very kind of her to give us our 
her time and check out her site, joettecalabrese.com. That's J-O-E-T-T-E-C-A-L-A-B-R-E-S-E dot com. And that's a kind of a, a gateway to all of her uh, classes and blog and the Academy, which I think has its own website too. And it's all accessed from there. So joettecalabrese.com and all of our programs are on lostartsradio.com, which is Doug's project, setting that up and making it linked to everything else. And then our, our show on consciousness and tr- self-transformation and effect on the world called planetaryhealingclub.com is every Saturday. And that's in person, live on the Zoom platform. And we're working on putting all this work, you know, these ideas into practical use in your own life. And it gets into the kind of outside-the-box idea that we're having an effect on the quantum physics level on all life everywhere by what our intention is and where we focus and how that's going on. It's like, it's kind of the idea of frequency that a cell tower broadcasts harmful frequency, right? Which I think you guys know about. But every living organism, including humans, broadcasts a frequency that can be beneficial. And our friend, um, Dr. Gabriel Cousins, has been doing a weekly World Peace Meditation at worldpeacemeditation.net. And that's the idea, backed up by a lot of studies that he cites, that there are ways to focus in a positive way, and it has to have emotion behind it to really be powerful. And it affects things like the violent crime rates and all kinds of other stuff, not by talking to the criminals, but by actually focusing in a kind of meditation, which we're actually doing all the time, but in a scattered manner. So in Planetary Healing Club, what we're trying to do, and we are doing, is bringing it into practice so that the rest of the time that you're not officially praying or meditating, what you're broadcasting is having the desired positive effect on the world, and it's desperately needed right now. And the idea behind it is that you're walking around and programmed and taught by the power structure and the establishment that you're helpless, that you're one of 8 billion people and can't do anything, and the rulers need to run your life because you're really not even smart enough to have any good judgment about how to make your own decisions. And this is the opposite. This is saying you're carrying incredible potential power. We're just sleeping in human beings, and we're using it without knowing it. So we want to make that conscious to have the maximum positive effect on your own physical life, your body, your relationships, your work situation, everything in your life, and then let that spill over onto the outside world. So if you're interested in that, Oh, that's planetaryhealingclub.com. Everything else is at lostartsradio.com. And your feedback is always welcome. Um, Richard at lostartsradio.com or Doug, especially for technical stuff or his radio program. And then info gets to both of us, info at lostartsradio.com. I think that's about it. Um, you can still get on our newsletter. On, I have a... Uh, a blog which is Substack based that was set up by Doug and haven't had time to really put much on it yet, but I'm intending to get a lot more on that soon. And if you're on a free mailing list, you get that at no charge. And uh, that's at newsletter.lostartsradio.com if you want to get out of them. So I think that's about it. Thanks for meeting Joette with us, and we'll have more from her in the near future. So take good care of yourself. And we'll talk to you soon. Don't care what people say. All I want to do is walk my way and get ready to be surprised. Things don't look too good these days Humankind's chasing its own tail But get ready to be surprised I don't care about the past Old memories 
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.